0: There are so many ways in uh, so many stories, big and small, I could probably tell that would uh, have something to do with uh, uh, harm caused or not caused. The easiest one for me to think is uh, it, it happened yesterday. And of course, it's a traffic story. I really hate traffic stories because they are so small in our world. And yet, sometimes they don't feel so small. I went out uh, on Thursday afternoon, I I went out uh, to the West Virginia house to pray and to sit on the front porch and uh, to look ahead and uh, I can tell you, for instance, that the fall includes a forgiveness series, we're going to talk about forgiveness as a series of sermons, uh, techniques and ways which we can learn to let go. But in any case, I was sitting on the front porch, everything was calm, cool, collected, the world was good. I got in the Jeep, I packed it up, I brought things back, I put them in the... And I started my trek back, I passed through Wardensville, you know, where people let you into traffic very easily. It's a whole different experience, Wardensville is very small, I think it's a population of 400. I think that that might actually be bigger than it really is, it's probably 40. But uh, it's a small place. And then I came over 55, and you know, some people want to go faster than me, and there were passing lanes, so they came past me. It was fine, that was not a big deal. That was normal traffic. Got onto 81 for four miles, that's not a big deal. It was easy traffic, you know, only slight weaving. And then I got on 66 coming in towards, uh, back coming home. And there was just something about 66, it was, there was traffic, uh, but I don't mind traffic, I really don't. It's part of getting where you're going, so I'm driving along, and I'm in the left lane because I'm passing this uh, group of trucks, you know, that are doing like 65 or something like that, and it's 70 miles an hour on 66, so I felt comfortable passing them, and I was passing them. And there was next to me a Dodge Ram truck, and I mean, by next to me, I mean right next to me, that decided it was time to come into the middle lane. No turn signal, just started coming into the lane. Now, I'm in the Jeep, but it's not the F-150. You know, it's not the Ford F-150 back in the days. And I just would have pushed him off the other direction. (sighs) Because it was was a Dodge Ram truck. I mean, it wasn't even really a truck. (laughs) So uh, (sighs) did I say that out loud? See, did harm right there. Did harm right there. Can you believe I said that right at the beginning of the sermon? I'm going to be backpedaling the whole rest of the way. But in any case, he kept coming. So I don't ever honk the horn. I avoid it like the plague. But there was like the horn, and he kept coming. So I'm in the median in the middle of uh, the road, and he passes me. And I move back onto the road now that I've been in the median. It's really nice grass in the middle of 66, by the way, just in case you ever want, looking for a place to drive. I thought I might have to flip to four wheels, but I didn't. And so I get back in, in the lane. There was a time in my life, you might, some of you, have even known me in that time of my life when my first response would have been to use the power of my Jeep, which can accelerate, and just go up right behind him get in front of him cut him off and do that dance and I said you know that's just stupid I didn't even say that was stupid I just said you know clearly he wasn't paying attention maybe he's very embarrassed now you know he's ahead of me he's no longer my issue no big deal let him go I'm letting it go I obviously remember enough of it to tell you the story but I don't I don't bear any ill will except for a brief moment, my life flashed before my eyes and I thought someone else will be giving tomorrow's sermon on do no harm because someone will have done harm to me. Uh, that was just my brief thought yesterday. So there you go. So the sermon did cross my mind briefly. I was thinking of you all while the truck was pushing me into the median. And if it was one of you, I just want you to know you're, it's already gone, so don't worry about it. And if you drive a Dodge Ram, it's okay. It really is sort of a real truck. So having said all that, you know, I want to be serious. And I want us to take a look at these. In the United Methodist Church, there are three general rules. The three general rules are as follows. First, do no harm. Second, do all the good that you can. And third, John Wesley words things in the most interesting ways. He says, attend to the ordinances of the church. But what he really means is do the practices that bring you closer to God. So that's how I translate it. Do the practices or live the practices that bring you closer to God. Pray, read scripture, sit silently, meditate, uh, do good things for other people, you know, work for justice, work for mercy, uh, love your neighbor. All of those kinds of things can be counted among practices that uh, bring you closer to God. So we're going to start... This week, with do no harm. Now, I am convinced, uh, well, let's start with scripture, because I always like a good scripture lesson, and not just as a kind of throwaway piece to point in the direction. I considered bringing in, uh, you know, from the Apocrypha, but I decided not to use a Syric quote, although Syric 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 15 says, in big things and in small things, do no harm. And I thought, I could use Syriac, but you all don't really read a whole lot of Syriac. Some of you might not know, but, you know, it's a one of the extra books that was written between the time of the Old and New Testament, but neither here nor there. So I said, you know, a Pauline letter. Uh, you can't go wrong with a Pauline letter. The letter to the Philippians, um, chapter 2, which is has become one of my favorite chapters. Uh, but right at the beginning, before we get to the beautiful hymn about being empty, therefore, if... Uh, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united, and agreeing with each other. Do nothing for selfish purposes. But with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person person watching out for their own good... Watch out for what is better for others. And then it goes on to one of my favorite parts, adapt the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, essentially. That's a beautiful piece. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Do nothing that's just about you. That seems like a good place to start with do no harm. Uh, Things that are just about me oftentimes are all about how can I look out for what's best for me, for my rights, for what's good, for James. Uh, regardless of what may be best for other people, I look out for myself. Um, but I need to stop. And perhaps that's the first point of the sermon, I think. Stop. Stop. Before you do anything, if you're going to do no harm, you've got to stop and think before you do things. Now, there are some things you just can't think. I knew that I had to ride the horn yesterday. It was a response. I have been driving over 40 years, so I knew that um, I couldn't just stop in the middle of the highway. There were cars behind me. Uh, But stop and think if it's at all possible. Some things are going to be responsive and reactions, but hopefully we'll learn ways to get beyond those. If you have a choice before you do something, stop, stop. And let it come into your mind what c- might come of that thing you're about to do. Now, one of the things I put for you in your printed update, you can search it online if you really want to, the three general rules of John Wesley and of the church. Um, but I put a full printout of what John Wesley's original words were. And he covers a wide variety uh, that goes beyond intentionality. He, his are pretty out there kinds of... first. Uh, Do no harm by avoiding evil of every kind, especially that which most generally is practiced, such as the taking of the name of God in vain. You know, that seems pretty simple, except, uh, you know, what does that really mean? Um, The profaning of the day of the Lord, either by doing ordinary work therein or by buying or selling. Remember the blue laws? You know, well, they would have made John Wesley really happy. No buying and selling. Uh, you know, on Sunday, except Sunday is really not the Sabbath. But, uh, you know, it's okay, Saturday's the Sabbath, that's neither here nor there. He's got some, I mean, he's got some interesting rules. He goes on to say uh, drunkenness, buying or selling of, you know, okay, of liquors. I can't say spirituitous or spirituous or whatever, drinking them, Unless in cases of extreme necessity, apparently for John, there was extreme necessity. Uh, occasionally, maybe when you're about to run off the road on a Sunday, which you probably shouldn't be driving, take a couple of shots. I don't know. Maybe that's what John is saying. But he goes on. I mean, uh, but I mean one that's pretty impressive, slaveholding. Now, you may not think anything. We know better than to that think that slaveholding's okay. John Wesley was writing in in the 1700s when he said this, a hundred years before we fought a war because of slavery in this country. A hundred years before that war, John Wesley was saying, slaveholding's not okay. Buying and selling people, it's not okay. So, you know, that's one way of doing harm, according to John Wesley. Then he goes on fighting, quarreling, brawling, brother going to law with brother, you know, suing somebody else. Uh, returning evil for e- evil or railing for railing, uh, the using of many words in buying or selling, I think in swindling other people. You know, uh, great salesmanship about why this used car that only has one mile left in it is worth buying for you and your family because you need that mile. You need it, baby. You need it. Uh The buying or selling of goods that have not paid the duty. He believed in paying taxes. The man believed in paying taxes. Don't buy it if you haven't paid taxes on that thing. Uh, The giving or taking of things on usury. He doesn't believe in interest at all. You know, there goes my retirement account. It'll never grow again if I can't give up on any, on any, any interest. But interest is... Actually, it's against the Bible to charge interest. That's a side issue altogether, though. I mean, our economy is very much based on that, so it could be really intriguing if we try to do away with it. But uh, um, uncharitable or unprofitable conversation. Saying something about the Dodge Ram. I have already, you know, as if it weren't a real truck. I'm sure it is in somebody's mind. So... Uh, you should particularly not speak evil of magistrates or ministers. So after today's sermon, no matter how bad it is, do not speak uncharitably on the way home because you will be doing harm, boys and girls. Right here. I know you were thinking, I've got to be ready for that. So there you go. Doing to others as we would not have them do to us. I mean, it goes on. I mean, you can read the rest of them. You know, laying up treasure upon earth instead of, you know, it, you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, soft and needless self-indulgence. Oh, my gosh. Well, there goes those bonbons I have waiting for me at home right now. I mean, the truth of the matter is John Wesley had an interesting list that must have been big and important. Some of those things were big and important at his time. And some of them were very forward-thinking. It doesn't seem forward-thinking to say slaveholding does harm. It doesn't seem all that forward-thinking, but we're in the 21st century. John Wesley was in the 17th century. What are the kinds of things that we need to stop doing because they do harm? That we stop, need to just stop. Now, if we stop doing those things, then we need to ask the the next step for me is paying attention. Stop and then pay attention. Where is this thing that you're going to do or say coming from? Is it, you know, if, if you use the gates that Rumi, the poet and Sufi mystic, said is there are three gates. Before you say anything, they should pass through three gates. Is it necessary is it true? Well, it starts with, is it true? We would give up on, there would be no political speech left. <laughs> is it true? Uh, but is it necessary? Are all the things we say to each other really necessary sometimes? They may be true, but they may not be necessary. And then the last gate, is it kind? That stops just about all conversations. Sometimes it's better to sit in silence than to say the thing that we want to say that may be true and that we may be convinced is necessary but is absolutely unkind to say. And that's just one thing. That's the things we say. And the reason why I bring up the things we say, I'll be honest with you, it's my issue. Things pop out of this bad boy all the time. You know... Uh, The epistle of James, the letter of James, says that this thing, the tongue, he's not just talking about the thing that you have taste buds on. He's talking about your mouth and the things that you say is dangerous because it can cut to the quick those you know and love. And you may not think that it's harm to say some of the things that cross your mind, but if you undercut somebody's sense of self, if you undercut their their sense of personal well-being. If you win an argument by pulling out the knife, the verbal knife, if you will, then you haven't won at all. And all of us have lost. Because this whole do no harm thing implies something that's really important for us to say, and I'm going to infer from it, that it implies that everybody and everything matters. And because it all does then I have to be careful about what I do to harm it. Part of it is for exercise, but part of my concern about uh, why when I come to church, most of the time now, if I'd known it was going to rain, I would have probably driven today. But, you know, most of the time I walk here. It's seven-tenths of a mile for me. It's so close. It's, and I'm not carrying anything but a backpack. So for me, it's not a big deal to drive here. I won't judge any of you. You could live next door, and if you need to drive here, by all means, drive here. But for me, I figure it does... More harm than good to start up my car, drive here, and then start up my car and drive back home when I could walk, and these legs still work. Now, there's going to come a day. If you all keep having me as pastor, and this could be the last sermon I ever preach, you know, you might be saying, we're ready for that boy to go. But uh, imagine I stay. There's going to come a time 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now when I'm your pastor when my walker is just not going to get me the seven-tenths of a mile from from my house to here. It's just not going to happen. I may have to drive. One of you may have to pick me up. (laughs) You know, I'm not talking literally walk here with me. I'm talking about in your car. Or by that time, who knows what we'll even use cars. I don't know. But for me, I try to do as little harm to nature as possible. To this world in which I live. And driving seven-tenths of a mile for me is more harm than's necessary unless I like I need to like it's raining or I'm bringing more than my backpack I mean these are simple questions of harm and maybe they're not they don't bring that level for you maybe it's not an issue at all for you and if it's not that's okay I can't define what's harm for you at least in some ways I can't sometimes the law does that for us the ten commandments for instance make it pretty clear it's harmful for you to have other gods besides God to make graven images to bow down to, no matter what team they represent. You know, those kinds of laws, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet what your neighbor has because it changes what's going on inside of you. These are all basic rules that Jesus took to the highest level by saying, love the Lord your God with all you got, all you are, and love your neighbor as yourself do no harm means to look at this world god's entrusted to our care and remember we're stewards of it this body god has given me you know the fact that you know it's i I can't read without these things now you know i can see all of you just fine i don't need them but i might pick something up and need to read it and then i'll have to find the glasses again so sometimes it's just simpler to keep them on my face even though it makes you all a little bit tiny bit blurry And no matter how many times I blink, the dirt doesn't come off of the glasses the way it comes off of my eyes that God gave me. So pay attention. Stop and pay attention before you do things. If you have a choice, what's going to come of the thing that you do? Why are you doing it? Are you getting ready to say that thing because you want to win? because you want to come out on top, because you want to look better than the other person, because you're feeling bad about yourself and you feel that badness coming up and you want to feel better about yourself. And one way to do that is to make another person feel worse than you feel. Now, I'm not saying I've ever done that, but I've done that. I'm not proud of it. But if you're feeling that bad about yourself, then there needs to be another expression. Don't don't use your words against yourself either. Let's just be honest. One of the things that we do, the hardest critic I've got in the world is me. After this sermon this afternoon, I will sit. My family, fortunately, has gotten... I don't do it to my family anymore. We used to go out to brunch after church, and I'd say, gosh, I can't believe I said that thing. Which thing, Dad? You know... (laughs) Which one of the thousand things you said because you say a lot of things? Which one bothers you? You know, all of these things. And then I rake myself over the coals. And then I think, what kind of an idiot am I that I talked like that? And then I've denigrated myself. You don't need to denigrate yourself any more than you need to denigrate somebody else. And doing no harm means taking yourself as the image of God just like the one you meet is the image of God. You won't be able to see that if you don't see it. But the truth is, that's what the Bible says. You are the image of God. You don't need to say ugly things about the image you bear. So be kind to yourself, gentle to yourself, as well as to the other. So we've stopped, we've paid attention, and then we have to choose. After we've paid attention, we have to choose, what will we do? If we've decided that this thing we do will cause harm, then we still have a choice. Will we do it anyway? If you do not have good brakes, and I'm talking about on your own actions, if you don't have good brakes on your car, please go and see (laughs) the mechanic later today, they won't be open it's Sunday, don't do ordinary work on Sunday, remember? John Wesley, do no harm, but tomorrow. However, if you can't put on your own brakes and stop yourself, then work on it. But first you have to stop and pay attention, and then choose. What will you do? What are the consequences of what you do? Will it undermine the other person? Will it take away their confidence? Will it undermine you? Will it take away your confidence? Will it make God sad? I will never forget, we used to talk about it in the car when the kids were in the back seat, about how we don't say things to other people who are cutting us off. We don't use words that hurt. That we only use, you know, positive words because we hurt other people and we hurt God when we do that. I taught my children that. And I will never forget the voice in the backseat of the car. I was on Route 7 going towards Falls Church. Someone cut me off. And the voice of my conscience that bore the sound of both Hannah and Joshua almost simultaneously in the backseat. Oh, Daddy, you have to apologize because you've hurt God's feeling and the person in front of you for what you said to them. I did harm. And the harm I did was not only to God and to the person in front of me for what I thought of them, but to myself and to the two people who sat in the back seat who watched their father who said to them, was essentially saying to them, do what I say, not what I do. I need to set an example and do what I say I do. So they taught me some lessons you ever want somebody to teach you a lesson, get small children to travel with you. They will just tell you the truth. Truth you don't even want to. Dad, how did you get to be so fat? You know, <sighs> well, I just ate a lot. That's, I guess that's, uh, you know, uh, it won't always be kind. Josh never said that to me. Josh never. <laughs> he didn't do that kind of harm. Josh didn't do that harm. I don't think Hannah really ever did either. Poor Hannah is not here to defend herself. So <sighs> The truth is it's hard not to do harm. It's hard. It started off sounding so easy. Just do no harm. Okay, well I won't say I won't pull out a knife and stab people who get in front of me in line. I won't, say, you know. And then you think, well, it has to do with what I say. And it has to do with my own self-talk about me. And it has to do about what I do to the environment in which I live and the way I care for what God's entrusted to me. Maybe buying every book that I see on Amazon is something I should stop doing. Linda tells me that regularly. Maybe she's right. How big of a stack? Pretty soon you won't be able to see me when I'm sitting in my spiritual chair at home because it's all around me. Those are just a few that I brought with me today. They're good books, though. They're really good. And there's a reason why I've but how many trees do you have to kill, James? Half the Amazon is on my shelf. (laughs) Come by. Admire. No, don't. It's embarrassing. So how will you do no harm? How will you do no harm? That's a good place to start, asking that question. Stop. Why are you about to do what you're going to do? What's your intention? What will the consequences be? And if they're negative, don't do it. Don't do it. Now, I'm not going off on this, but I know that it's the complex challenge for all of you. Will be, what if I have two choices, neither one of which is good? Which one does less harm? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who died towards the very end of World War II, uh, had a choice. He could have stayed in the United States. He was a theologian and teacher, but he chose to go back to Nazi Germany to fight against Nazism. And one of the things he ultimately decided to do, which he himself felt like was the lesser of two evils, was he chose to be part of a conspiracy to assassinate Adolf Hitler. He chose, now, to be part of an assassination attempt on Adolf Hitler. Now, that sounds like doing harm to me. But is it doing more harm or less harm to let Adolf Hitler continue to lead the Third Reich to do the things they were doing? Is there a lesser of two evils? Well, you're going to have to work those out yourself. There's no easy answer. Life is complex. And God invites you to bring your whole heart and your whole mind to every decision you make. I, though Your assignment. Your assignment is to ignore the old adage, don't just stand there, do something, and reverse it. Don't just do something, stand there. Don't just do something, stand there. Because sometimes the thing you do by knee-jerk reaction is the thing that does harm. So sometimes stand there, or sit there, or whatever, and think about what you're about to do. Does it harm the other? Does it harm you? Does it harm the world God has given you? And can you not do it? Because if you cannot do it, don't. That's your assignment. Simple, do no harm.